I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Kayla McKinnon. Yeah, she is. Yeah, I am. I don't know why we were really loud there. Because I missed her. Oh. Well, that's right, because I have not seen you for two... Too uh, goddamn long. Two, two weeks, two more than two weeks. If you miss us, and you're like, I need them all the time... Number one, I wouldn't blame you. Number two, there are a couple ways you can fill your needs. It's true. That was oddly sexual. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Fill your needs? Rarely. Not what I was going for. Oh. Well, there you go. <laughs> change, this is, this is all me this time. Change of pace. <laughs> Someone got relaxed at the cottage and came back all spicy. I did. I have volume in my hair. <laughs> I'm very unprepared for it, friends. Yeah. She's so rested and perky. And <laughs> it's true. And like not like a crazy spaz. Uh... <laughs> Speaking of spaz, we got to stay on point. We're just we're so like amped because we haven't seen each other in so long. Uh, if you need all the Jordan and Caitlin in your life, and you're like 24 hours a day, I need it. I just need to go a solid like three days with Jordan and Caitlin in my life. You can just there are so many ways you can do it. Mostly two, but I mean you can go to SoundCloud.com, yeah, slash GeekDownPod, yeah. All of our episodes are there. All 79 of them, and plus there are a couple bonuses, a couple weird things. Yeah, make Caitlin watch trash and. All the Jordan and Caitlin you could want yeah. is there on SoundCloud. If that's your preferred method, you can comment directly on the show Absolutely. at a moment where something happens. But if you're like, I just want this on me all the time. I just want it to, I don't want to have to think about it. I just want it to come to me when it's ready. There's a way you can do that. If while you're at SoundCloud, you'll see a little button with a familiar logo on it that says subscribe. It Click is that not, button. It is not the iTunes button. No. It will take you to Apple Podcasts. Which is now what it's called. Yes. And when you click subscribe again on Apple Podcasts, that is all you have to do. The work is off of you. The work goes from you and transfers onto your mans, Sir Chauncey Frostilicus Third. Oh, very well done. I thought I was going to jump in there. You did take away his knighthood at one point, by the way. Oh, did I? Yes. The continuity police are going to come for us So, So point. it's it's Sir Doctor. You said as an, you said as an elf... Chauncey could not support uh, the oppression of colonial. Like as as his people were oppressed by Santa, he could not oppress. He could not uh, condone though, any sort of formerly imperialist regime. Though, if the people put the knighthood on him, he would gladly accept it. Oh my God, he's a knight of the people. Yep, Sir Chauncey Frostilicus the Third. Sir Chauncey Doctor Frostilicus. He has a doctorate now. <laughs> what did he get yeah. his doctorate in? Hey, if. Princess Leia can get a doctorate like that, then then Chauncey can get one. What do you get his doctorate in engineering? Um, obviously, obviously, he's got to figure out how to get all these freshly pressed episodes of Geek Down directly into your ear hole. It is not an uncomplicated process. Friends. No, there's like a little bit of magic. There's a little bit of science. It's it's uh, there difficult. are pulleys involved. <laughs> there are ropes. Pulleys. There's the basics of engineering. There's a funnel. There. Are f- Fulcrums? Full cry? Fulcrums? What? What's the plural of fulcrum? Lift. <laughs> All those things are involved, and you don't have to worry about a goddamn one of them. No. Because <laughs> no. your man, Chauncey, will take care of all of it 
for you. All that geek down smashed it <laughs> right into your fucking ear hole. <laughs> delicately. So delicately. Yeah. Um, and yeah, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can probably find us. But not Spotify, apparently. I tried that, and Spotify's being all bougie with their podcast selection. <laughs> but Spotify, depending on what device I am using with Spotify, it likes to throw different things at me. You, you want to talk about Grandpa having a, like, <laughs> the future is now moment this week? <laughs> so I'm at work, and uh, I don't know why, but I opted to uh, do the um, music selection that night. Sometimes right. we just let you know the Canadian retailer playlist go, and we just headphones, podcast, you know, whatever. We yeah. ignore it. Sometimes to try and, you know, foster a little more community amongst the team. <laughs> yes. We will select our own music and put it on the stereo. Figured out. Knew that it would do this. Never had a use for it. Mm-hmm. Plugged my iPad in to, like, the store radio. Yeah. With Spotify. With a playlist I selected based on something I will talk about in a few minutes. Um, but then could control the Spotify on my iPad <gasps> with my phone that was on me. Oh my god. The future is down. I was baffled. I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to go back and change this song. We already heard it once. Wait. <laughs> Open Spotify on my phone. It's like, we're now playing on the iPad. Do you want to listen on this phone or keep playing on the iPad? I'm like, I'll play on the iPad. <gasps> oh my god. And then suddenly my phone was a remote for the iP- for the Spotify on the iPad. <laughs> you know what I keep on seeing in, in movies on their commercials mm. is the Google, like, hello, Dave. Like, I, I don't remember what it's called. Alexa. Whatever. That's the, it's like Google's or Amazon's. I can't remember which. It, there's, anyways, it's a, basically, it's a speaker and, you, and you're like, Google, turn on the lights. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, sure, I will. Google, <laughs> please don't murder us in this house. Okay. Like, just that. You better ask like, nicely because Google's always listening to you. So it picks up when always. you need it. Always. So... That's where I draw the line. I well, I was really excited about it. Oh, <laughs> like Caitlin's. Caitlin's bringing the oh fuck. What was the name? What was the Terminator company? What was the name? Um, Cyberdyne. S- uh, Skynet. Skynet. Yeah. Caitlin's all about bringing s- or, Skynet to life. I, I, I was thinking that Robert Sawyer book. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, ter- terminal. I can't remember what it's called, but it's one of my favorites. And and basically, he has this house that like tries to kill. <laughs> this smart this house person. tries to kill. Yeah. It's just gonna be all fucking like. What was the Bradbury book? About the smart house after the nuclear winter. Oh, 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 yeah. The That's short a great fucking st- story. The short um, story? Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's only like five pages long, but. Yeah. Fuck, I can't remember. That's going to bug yeah. me now. No, we'll look it up after. Oh, okay. Show notes, which you can find. On all the socials. So that's, uh,. That specifically would be on Patreon. We'll get to pay you on Patreon. We'll get to that in a minute. But I mean, if you have other things you want to talk to us about, there's Twitter. Which is at GeekDownPod. At GeekDownPod. You can email us. Via our email address, which is GeekDownPod at gmail.com. And then, of course, there's Facebook. There is Facebook. Where Where's that I, Facebook? I mostly live because apparently I'm a grandma. You are a grandma. Um, though I made someone spit out their coffee today, or last week, um, <laughs> saying that... They we knew we knew always knew I was just a seventy eight year old woman. Well, yeah. And they were like they they laughed. They spit up their coffee. They went, "That's really true." This was news to them. Apparently, they hadn't put this together yet. No, they. they I was just under the surface, right, the whole time. And then <laughs> and then I popped up with like I just really want to watch Murder She Wrote and drink tea. That's- just Angela Lansbury just burst out of your chest like surprise, <laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. Um, Where's the Facebook know. group, Kate? It, it's at www.facebook.com forward slash geek down pod where facebook you can probably also like angela lansbury which i have not done yet and oh my god there's probably murder she wrote groups 
this has changed her life. We got <laughs> this episode has now been cut for time. So Caitlin can go <laughs> get, deep dive into the. Uh, she talks about me deep diving. Listen, all she needs to know is about the you know, the Angela Lansbury fan community out there. Oh my gosh! I wonder if they get together and do things. <gasps> Friends. <laughs> <laughs> So, listeners, this is now a taste of, like, what happens when... You've had this before, when Kate and I don't see each other. Sometimes when Kate and I are, like, really regular on the show, and, like, we, like, you know, do it week in and week out. Sometimes we get a little bored, we get a little comp with each other type of thing. Yeah. The show show maybe loses a bit of its specialness. You know, we get busy with work and life and, you know, a lot of updates. And then we take two weeks off (laughs) so Kate can go to the cottage, and when she comes back, it's just like, woo! Yeah. So that's where we're at today. Yes. It's Kate, how was, good episode. The, how was the cottage, Kate? Um, it was good. It was great. Um, I know a lot of people uh, come back from the cottage and they get all, they're all grumpy and they're like, oh, it rained. We couldn't do anything. I'm like, what are you talking about? That is perfect cottage weather. It makes it so that I can drink tea and not be shamed by anyone <laughs> and that I can read. And that is basically... That's all Everybody I else do. is like, man, I wanted to go tubing today. And Kate's like, you know, <laughs> blanket, porch. Yeah. Rain outside. Rain dripping off the awning of the of the cabin. Yeah. It's, it's good times. I uh, once heard the whole cottage thing is very Ontario specific. It It is. Absolutely. I, when I worked a very long history with major Canadian retailer, but one time at uh, when I was at home office and we were trying to uh, sort of brainstorm, you know, display ideas. Yeah. Um. Somebody mentioned a, a cottage-themed display, um, and it got shot down by somebody who was like, they don't really do the cottage anywhere. A, they call it the cabin. The cabin. If they do it anywhere else in Canada. Yeah. Uh, and just in general, it's a very Ontario, Ontarian think, type thing. I think it's a very, uh, like, southern Ontario thing, mm. because people in northern Ontario... They already live there. <laughs> they just live. They just live in cottages all the time. Yeah, they they're not gonna go a block away to another <laughs> forest to do another house. That would just be. What are you doing this weekend? I'm gonna go down the street to the cottage. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's just a southern Ontario because we're so surrounded by city density. Mm. We're like, we God, we need trees and maple syrup injections. <laughs> yeah, friends, you look at Canada, you see a big giant country. You need to realize that we are all just like. Imagine if everyone in the U.S. lived, like, Texas and South. Yeah. Just, like, across across the board, latitudinally. Um, that's Canada. Yeah. So, people like to get, get up north and enjoy their time. Uh, my time apart from you was heartbreaking. Was it? One, because I was away from you. Yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, no, the real reason. Um, so, the Ferrito place... I had that as a question. So they have a food truck and a restaurant? Yes. And I was under the understanding that they ran both all the time. Right. So when I met up with, you know, my Anime North companion, this was actually going to be her, her like, you know, she graduated from illustration school. This was going to be her, like, congrats. Sorry. This is the way you put that was funny. What? She, drawing school. <laughs> she draw thing good. She draw thing good. She draw thing good. They gave her a paper that said you draw thing good. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, she graduated from the Ontario College of Art and Design, uh, which is the highfalutin art school that yep. she hated every minute of, but good for her, she graduated. Yep. Um, and I was like, well, I'll take you, take you out for a meal because I couldn't go to her actual grad. Um, and we're walking down and the fucking Ferrito place is closed <gasps> because they're just running the food truck because it was like International Youth Day or something and 
Young and Dundas, which is Toronto's Times Square, was like all blocked off. Oh, my God. The food truck was there. We walked past it later after we were full of like a pound of jerk chicken, which is what we had on like for substitute. That's still pretty good. Eh, it was okay. It was way more expensive than a goddamn Farida. Um, <laughs> but how are you not going to be open? Farida place? I don't know. So we're going to try to go back maybe this Sunday. I'm going to be calling ahead. And even if I do, I already know they're going to, the waitress is going to come and be like, hi, is everything all right? And I'll be like, mm, this burrito tastes like betrayal. Like betrayal. Yes. They just spit it in her face. <laughs> Actually, no, that, that might bite cost too much. I'm going to spit it in your face. <laughs> just going to be sad. No, burritos are like cheap. The jerk chicken was like 15 bucks a plate. But what? the, uh, the burritos, I think are only like 11 or 12. For, for Toronto's burrito. weirdly expensive. Yeah. Know what I really I think here is expensive. I, I, I have to say, someone I know is really interested in coming. She's been to, she's been to Hamilton before mm. um, to visit, and she wants to come back because it was fun, and there were lots of waterfalls, and it was good times. Um, and she sent me this link um, about this place, and I think I've talked about it before when I was eating cheese called Gorilla Cheese um, <laughs> that makes grilled cheese sandwiches. Yes. And she sent me this link, and there was like they've opened a restaurant. They used to have just a fruit food truck, mm. and they opened a restaurant, really well priced. And there's like a single tear that ran down my face. I was like, I can't have it, but I'll take looking, you to it. Looking at all the gooey, <laughs> yummy grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, yeah, I didn't really get up to much. I don't know. Do we want to get into updates or media consumption for the? That's kind of what I did at the cottage. Just... You were just reading a lot? Um, yes. What were you reading? Scott's Magazine. Uh, what? The the Scott's Magazine. Like the oldest ma- magazine in the world. Like for Scottish people? Yeah. You just sat in a ca- cottage and read Sc- Scott's Magazine all for a weekend? Yeah. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> they had some really good articles. You are my favorite yet simultaneously <laughs> the most baffling person i've ever known um it was fantastic there were beautiful pictures there were articles <laughs> all about the wolves and the deer Jesus and about about going climbing <laughs> <laughs> and the and the highlands uh-huh. and there were some ads for some cool scottish stuff there was some movie watching you saw some movies yes oh you were predicting on our last episode. Oh, y- yes. Okay. So, Valerian. Terrible. Really? It was so bad. Ter- good, terrible, like Fifth Element, or just terrible, terrible? No, the, the dialogue is some of the worst dialogue <laughs> ever. It was, it was terrible. It wasn't witty. It wasn't interesting. It was unnecessary at times. There was nothing, like, snappy and fun. Um, there was no Chris Tucker. There was no Chris Tucker. Um, there was no, it just, it wasn't good. Uh, the main Valerian, the main character was, I had no interest in his survival whatsoever. Valerian was a he? Yep. Um, uh, Agent Valerian. Ah. And then Loralee played by, what's her face? Cara Delevingne. Delevingne. Fantastic. I could, I just wanted to watch a movie about her. <laughs> also, why was it called Valerian? She had just as much, it was like it should have been called Valerian and Lorelai or Loralee or whatever her name is. It was that, yeah. And they had no chemistry whatsoever, mm-hmm. absolutely none. Um, there were some references to Fifth Element that were very funny, but I knew them because I've seen the movie fifty million times. 
Like, are they supposed to share a universe? or Possibly. Was the, it just nodding was, to there, it for the hell of it? There was an alien that looked a lot like another alien mm. in Fifth Element. The ones who bought the guns? Um, no, the round turtle ones. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Maka Chicken or something? Sure. Whatever they're called. Um, but yeah, it just was not a good movie at all. A beautiful, um, but not not good. Was it love? It was love. What? It was actually love. <laughs> I forgot to mention this, so I lost... <laughs> At the no, end, it wasn't. yes, it was. At the end, at the end, I lost my shit. I started howling, and Chris didn't know what was funny. This is senior correspondent Chris. I had no idea why this was so funny, and I'm crying because I'm laughing so hard. Listeners, if you don't know <laughs> why this is funny, it's because Valerian shares a director slash writer with uh with the Fifth Element. Luc Besson. Luc Besson. And every t- the fifth element comes up a lot on this show for some reason. I, <laughs> yeah. think I guess it's more foundational to Caitlin and I than we acknowledge. Um, but the running gag is every time Caitlin brings up the fifth element, I inform her that the fifth element is love, <laughs> which is the point of that movie. And it's so hackneyed and terrible, I just love bringing it up. Yeah. So I'd made a joke that <laughs> something in Valerian would be love, and apparently it was. How? Um, what was it specifically? So it was... It was the f- the force. Just like it saved the universe type of thing. Or? Um, no, it was like the force that like connected these things, and it was Jesus and it Christ. was. She, Laura Lee was like, "It's love, don't you understand?" And I like <laughs> lost it. God, my headphones are falling off. I absolutely lost my shit, and I had to explain oh to Chris. I was like, because he always says, and he said he was like, "It's gonna be, it's gonna be Valyrian." The city of a thousand worlds or whatever, and love, and love. And, uh, and it was, actually. So. And it was. Yeah. God bless you, Luke Besson. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, you saw Spidey. I did. How was, was that? Uh, it was very good. So I hear. Yep. Um, I, Donald had a line about time traveling that was really funny, apparently, and everybody loved uh, it. I, I can't remember. <laughs> I was, it was a good movie. It was good. It was fun. It didn't... It's not, it's not, it's not like reinventing the wheel, but it's just, it's, no. it's just fun. Like... Yeah. Don't expect it uh, not. Don't expect it to be like oh, this is the best movie of the year. It's yeah. just it's just fun. Just fun. Just fun. It was a good watch. It was better than Valerian and the City of <laughs> a city, Thousand Worlds. City of Love. And yeah, and the City of Love. Um, and then at the cottage, I saw Chips. Excuse me. Um, the what's his face movie? The like the California Highway Patrol. <laughs> yeah, the the movie that came out. It's terrible. Comedy. Oh my god, Dax Shepard was in that, wasn't he? Dax Shepard and the one of the gentlemen from uh, Ant Man. Oh, Michael Pena! He yeah, played yeah. Oh, even Michael Pena couldn't save that movie. There was a lot about. Um, there was a lot of racist Hispanic jokes, wasn't there? Uh, no, not as much. No, oh, that's good. There was a lot of stuff about um, eating ass. Oh, bro. which would caught me very much <laughs> by surprise. <laughs> Eating ass will do that. <laughs> yep. Uh, it came up a lot, actually. But up, bump. Yeah. Um, that was interesting. Uh, <laughs> I've also now seen The Circle. What is The Circle? That's the one with Emma Watson and John Boyega and... Uh, <laughs> oh, it's based on a Dave Akers novel. That's right. It's oh. about the fake Google and uh, yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks is in it, Tom too. Tom Hanks is... It was 
awful. Yeah. It was the, it was like modern day thriller. I'm like, so mo- modern day thrillers are not thrilling in <laughs> any aspect whatsoever? It kind of came and went. You know, with the pedigree involved, I expected it to and do Emma more. Watson is not a good actress. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm ducking for the shots being fired she over here. She isn't. She's a ter- she has a bad American accent. It slips into English all the time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, not good. John Boyega is a good actor. I um, liked him. <laughs> John Boyega made waves because <laughs> I saw a tweet that was like a screen cap of, I don't remember when, it might have been recently, it might have been back in late July. Um, John Boyega was commenting on Twitter that like he was really excited to like have a day off. He was just going to watch Attack on Titan all day. Yeah. His next tweet was like, guys, Aaron bugs me so much. And it was like three minutes later. <laughs> it's like, it took three minutes, y'all. <laughs> for John Boyega to be done with Aaron Yeager. Yeah. Um, Caitlin. Yeah. I'm glad you're sitting down. Oh, okay. I have news that might shock you. <gasps> oh, what kind of news? I saw a movie, Caitlin. <sighs> I saw a movie in a theater. Was it a free movie? No. Oh, my God. It was a movie that when post jerk chicken, post Ferrito disappointment. <laughs> My companion said, do you want to go see a movie? I said, nah, why not? I figured we'd end up seeing something weirder. Like we'd go like, (laughs) so the, uh, the giant theater, uh, like the 24, you know, the young and Dundas cinema, um, they usually always have weird shit playing in one of their cinemas. And Mm -hmm. we almost ended up seeing some weird, like Bollywood comedy detective thing (laughs) with like a dude who rides an ostrich. Like, you know, interesting. That's what we were looking at. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Ben. I dropped my pen. (laughs) Just a mess. I'm sorry. Jesus. Um, and then we were looking at because I was this movie occurred to me. It's like this is not here, but it was at another theater. We went down, and then I had to I had to actually petition to see this movie when we got there because my companion wanted to see Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Uh. <laughs> Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Um, which she did see, and then later told me it was pretty but boring. Uh, I, know, I know she's on. I know she's on the outlier. Uh, yeah. Critical reception for that, but I had to like. I had to petition. I had to be like, can't we just see this? I actually want to see this. It's so rare that I want to see a movie. I know. And what was it? Baby Driver. Ah, the movie with a stupid name. <laughs> but a not stupid director. No, that's true. Love me some Edgar Wright. I think Edgar, Edgar Wright is a genius. Um, it's, it's weird for me to say, because at the same time I could criticize you know, your viewing of Spider-Man in the theater for just being like, man, 15 bucks for something that's just like, okay. Yeah. Is like a it's like a weird thing for me to get behind. Yeah, but not that Baby Driver is bad. I don't even want to like condemn it with the just okay. But I mean, if you want to see in the sense that like it's not a blockbuster. It's not designed to make three hundred million dollars. A goddamn city doesn't explode. Like I don't know if I can watch it if a city <laughs> doesn't explode. It's just you know it's violent. Um, it's madcap. So much music. So much good music. Oh, my God. If you start any movie with bell bottoms by the John Spencer Blues Explosion, oh. I'm going to be like, we are in for this. That's the best use of Never Gonna Give You Up by Barry White I've ever heard in my life. Um, and when you realize l- shortly that like he is using, he gets real kind of like, you know, bringing the noise with it where it's like the gunshots sync up to the song he's listening to and things right. like that. The sound elements, the sound design gets very percussive, percussive in tandem with the music that he's listening to. Yeah. That's the kind of that with a slash James Dean kind of like, you know, the rebel without a cause type yeah. vibe is what he's going, going on for. with this. But I mean, 
it's a small ish movie. Um, is it worth seeing in a theater for $13? Sure. I think maybe the sound design is worth it for that. Hearing it on a movie scale, movie, a theater caliber sound system, how much you like it will really depend on how much you can hang with Ansel Elgort, who has like the permanent face of a seven year old. Like, <laughs> He's Benjamin Buttoning. <laughs> that, that kid's gonna grow his first whisker at like sixty-seven. Like, yeah, that's that's how that's going for him. Uh, Kevin Spacey is fucking great in it. John Hamm is great in it. Good, rocking the everybody's boyfriend. It's a good, uh, it's a good haircut for him. <laughs> uh, Jamie Fox is great in it. Um, actually, got a guffaw out of from you? my companion and I. Oh. This one minor character, an Asian fellow covered in tattoos. He had a there was a joke about a <laughs> cover up. Tattoo cover-up he had done, which I'll tell you off mic. I don't want to spoil it for the people, but it's, uh, okay. it was a good joke. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. And that was the soundtrack I put on at work the other day because the soundtrack is just really good, so great. Like I would, I would, I would cop that vinyl because it's <laughs> it's very well curated. It's very skews to my interest. It's very yeah. uh, sixty soul type of type of things. Detroit Emeralds and the, the Damned is in there. Queen Hocus Pocus. Nice. <laughs> Everybody loves that Hocus Pocus. Uh, no, Baby Driver is great. If you want something that's not your tip. But, I mean, like, it ain't going to last much longer, right? Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's going to come out, gets talked about for, you know, four days. And then the next wave of cinematic behemoths roll over it. So, I mean, you're going to have to track it down. It was not at the biggest theater in Toronto. We had to walk to another one to yeah. see it. Um, but, yeah, I, w- I would definitely recommend recommend that for my for Pretty my cool. biannual, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> theater outing it was, yeah. it was a good one and now i'm good till like 2020 so yeah great oh, uh, oh well probably a little bit before that i'm probably gonna make you see captain marvel with me oh yeah we have some i mean we're probably gonna be all over the place because we are we are um because we haven't seen each other I and mean, this is this is more just a hang with your bffs we're not really in format this front half but yeah, uh, no. captain marvel news some actual comments on that right how'd you feel about that um I sent it to you. It's set in the 90s? Yeah, apparently it's set in the 90s. At first, I was all like, what the fuck is this? Because she's not, that means she's not, she may turn up, well, did, um, now I'm all over the place. Did they say she's in Infinity War or she's not? Um, and I believe initially they said she was. And then I thought I might have heard something about maybe she's in the second half because there's Infinity War part one, one and part and two. two. Yeah. Um, but... At first, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And I was Set getting... in the 90s. Nick Fury has both eyes. Yeah. And the scrolls are the villains. This and I got big... my back up a little bit. But the scroll makes sense. That all makes sense. Mm. And then I was thinking, actually, this might be good. This might be... It could be good. If they don't interesting. get super cheesy with, like, the 90s, the 90s kitsch, yeah. it could be a fun little, like, sandbox to play in. Yeah. And... What is interesting is when they've done bits of... They're kind of building this um, this quilt of sort of what happened between, like, Captain America mm. and Iron Man. Yeah. Right? Like, that. what happened in that timeline. So mm. you got a little bit of that in Ant-Man, and they've done bits and pieces True. of the it. True, the Hank Pym flashbacks and um, things like that. And they, they're also... Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter and things like Agent, that. Agent Carter, exactly. Um and that this is sort of building towards that. And if she, for sword to already exist, which is for those of you who don't know, is like the counterpoint to shield. Um, They've mentioned that sword is in is part of this. They have not. Okay. But just I'm just saying for sword to already exist and be functioning and sort of be beyond, and then to have some kind of mashup with the with the 
the Infinity Wars mm. makes sense. Sorry, for the listeners, uh, S.W.O.R.D. is something that was brought up, I believe, in Joss Whedon's uh, Astonishing X-Men run. Yeah. As they, if S.H.I.E.L.D. is the, you know, Earth-based protector, S.W.O.R.D. is like the space outside threats. S.H.I.E.L.D. deals with, like, Earth-based internal threats, and S.W.O.R.D. takes care of everything else. Um, Which is where you get a lot of the Captain Marvel stuff. She works for Sword and Agent Brand, who is one of my favorites, and I'm kind of hoping she pops up. Mm. She probably won't, but she's awesome, and I really am hoping for an Agent Brand something or other. <laughs> Even a mention would make me happy. Um, Some green hair chick walk by. Yeah, yeah, with glasses. Um, so yeah, I at first I w- yeah I got my backup. I was like, don't fucking like put her off to the side. But now I'm wondering if they've actually really. I mean, the writers, they've, the two women have, are both huge fans of Captain Marvel, so I think they're really trying to make it a good story and fit it into the rest of the world, but do mm-hmm. their own thing, which I think could work out really well. Just don't, like, I don't need Carol Danvers flying through space listening to Spice Girls on a disc, man. Like, I don't, <laughs> don't make it 90s like that. I, like, I don't think a disc man would work in space. You don't know that. <laughs> I, I figured out the physics, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, what else did I consume in our time apart? Incredible Jessica James. Yeah. Ne- Netflix original. I'm super interested in that. Um, it was fine. It is carried by Jessica Williams. Yeah. So this is basically just a kind of like a rom-com-y type 90 minute sort of starring vehicle. For Jessica Williams, ex of The Daily Show, co-host of the Two Dope Queens uh, podcast. You will come away with a crush on her. Like, she is delightful in this. Um, And her chemistry with Chris O'Dowd, who plays her potential paramour. Basically, she... The movie's got, like, everybody you love in it. Like, Chris O'Dowd's in it. Jessica Williams. Licky Stanfield plays her ex-boyfriend. Darius from Atlanta. Yeah. Who I love and will watch anything he's in at this point. Um... And uh, her name is Noelle something. She was on SNL like the last season. I think she only lasted a season or two. Okay. Um, but she's super awesome in it as well. Jessica Williams plays a... Um, she's from Ohio. She's living in New York. She's trying to get... She's trying to get work as a playwright. And she runs a like theater program for kids as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, she recently got dumped by her boyfriend. She gets set up on a blind date by her friend... Um, with a recently divorced guy who made an app um, and just kind of this is rom com type stuff, right? Yeah. It's like, we're not reinventing the wheel. Um, always nice to see that story told from a perspective of a, you know, black woman. Who isn't, yeah, I was about to say someone who isn't white. Um, but at the same time, you know, her love interest is a white dude. Yeah. Um, and it's really just, it's a vehicle for her. And I've seen interviews where she even said that it's like, she did a movie with this director and the director who directed this, they did another movie together where she had a supporting role. And he said something like the man, I can't wait till somebody writes a part for you. And then, you know, a few months went by and he was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to write a part for her. So that's, awesome. that's what he did. And they made this thing. Um, and it's fun. It's not amazing, but I enjoyed the viewing of it at the time. Um, Otherwise, my time has just been playing so much Shadowverse. How Shadowverse? Um, I got to the point, A, I found my, my mode. So okay. Shadowverse is the, the Hearthstone clone I talked about once that was infuriating me because yep. I just could not win to save my life. Yep. But there, 
is a class. There's a vampire class, Bloodcraft. Ooh. And its whole point is once you so you start with 20 hit points or whatever, once you get down to 10 hit points, yeah. you get all these bonus effects on your cards. Ooh. So I started playing that thinking like, well, I'm going to get my ass whipped anyway. Yeah. So maybe give me a fighting chance as I'm getting my ass whipped. And I started like seeing results. I started like winning matches. Ooh. Even my losses are more competitive now. Like I'm at a point where like I've built a decent enough deck where like it's not a wrap immediately. I still go like, you know, six and one every play session. I lose you, six matches and win one. You're such a nerd. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I'm at the point now where I was like, I built up like 15,000 vials so I could start like, you know, when you destroy cards that yeah. you don't want you get vials that you can use to make cards you do want so yeah. i had enough vials that i could like make decent cards to boost my deck up type nice. of thing like yeah it's it's we about that life um <laughs> and as well now friends i brought this up off mic because i said to caitlin we're in a rare position right now this doesn't happen often we're we are in a position to really be in on that monoculture commentary moment oh yes and i brought this up to kate did you want to talk about it off mic or on mic so friends she said she wanted to talk about it on mic. Yeah. You will recall, Caitlin is not watching Game of Thrones. Not not really, no. Oh, not really, no. No. Caitlin is not watching Game of Thrones for, because, sexual assault, rape, all that fun stuff. This week's episode of Game of Thrones, yeah. to my mind, maybe a top fiver. Okay. In like the run of the show. So friends, we're going to get into this. Yeah. A little bit. It may just be my like update for Kate. She seems to already have prior knowledge. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into why she has prior knowledge. But currently, I will put a timestamp in the description on your device. Do whatever you have to do to see the write-up for this episode. And I will let you know where you need to skip to if yes. you don't want Game of Thrones spoilers. If you are opposed or you want to wait until it's all out so you can just watch the whole season or you just don't want to listen to us talk about it. <laughs> I know there are a few of you contrarians out there who are like, mm, no Game of Thrones. Yeah, y'all know who you are. I know you're listening. Um, we will put a timestamp in, so then you can just you just skip. skip ahead and be done with this. But we yeah. are in such a rare moment where we can actually talk and be relevant, yeah. talking about the most recent episode, of Game of Thrones. Kate, yeah, was so good. So this is the story. <laughs> you ended up watching it? No, 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 no. I got back into the city. <laughs> And I got some, some... People were just standing on the side of the road going, <laughs> oh my god! No, no. so I, I actually... Some people at the cottage do have data up there. I do mm. not. I'm with Wind, or what used to be Wind. It's now called Freedom. Absolutely no data whatsoever. <laughs> that thing that works in the city, but the I'm second you... I'm literally on the edge of Scarborough. I'm in roaming. Like, <laughs> just don't get any data. So I have to wait. Obviously, there's no Wi-Fi at the cottage. I actually just put my phone away. I like that better at the cottage. Mm. I can read. I can go outside, go for walks, go swimming, whatever. So we get back into the city. I know I've got to connect with you about when I'm, you know, we'll be here and all of that jazz. So I get a couple messages from you. No update message from the Sunday, which is you usually give me on Monday morning. I get like this update and I'm like, oh, yeah, hey. And I read through it. And sometimes I have to go back to it depending on what I'm doing at work. Um so as I'm looking up news, all this stuff is like, <laughs> oh this my thing god, happened, Game of Thrones! This thing happened, and oh my god, Game of Thrones! And like, is Game of Thrones getting terrible? Like, and then like, who cares? And just all of this stuff. So then I was like, ah, uh, I haven't watched watched. I just watched clips on YouTube, um, any of it. But I've I've read what happened in the episode, sort of. So holy shit! Yeah. I feel. 
uh, like, I feel like I've waited seven years for, like, what happened last night. Yeah. Like. Which part in particular? Number one, having all, so all the Starks are back together. All, is, the, all the surviving ones. Arya is back at Winterfell. Yes, but is but John hasn't seen her yet. John has not. No, no. he's still at. John Dragon's. hasn't seen Bran either. Oh right, that's he's still at. Dragon's he's only Stone. seen Sansa. Yes, yeah. he's he, and who knows when he's going back? He's yeah. out there. He's like about to ready to mine Dragonglass, like yeah, type of thing. Uh, him and Danny kind of like are starting to get a begrudging respect. Right. Uh, Sir Davos got a little locker room talk with him about like uh, well like eh. How are you feeling about that? And John's like, oh, I ain't got time for that. And Davos is like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then, this fight was so great because everybody's going to talk about the last, like, 20 minutes. Right. Um, which was, bruh, they should be talking about the last 20 minutes. But it was built so well on these, like, character moments early on. Yeah. You had all these, like, great fan service moments. You had Arya sparring with Brienne. Yeah. Like, and Brienne going, like, who taught you how to do that? No one. You had Brandon Littlefinger. Yeah. Little, did you read about that part? Yeah. That sounded amazing. Littlefinger hands him the dagger that, like, tried to kill him. Yeah. And Littlefinger, who bases his whole life on knowing everything or knowing what it, how he can use everybody. You yeah. can't use Bran. Like, yeah. Bran's, Bran's the one guy who knows, knows your game, homie. Yeah. So he mentioned something about chaos, and Bran just looks at him and goes, chaos is a ladder. And the look on Littlefinger's face when he says that, it's like, mm, motherfucker. Amazing. Um, yeah, so you had... Some people said the Sansa-Aria reunion was, like, frosty, but that was, like... That's always been their vibe. Yeah. Like, they're down They're down in the crypt, basically. Yeah. Um, she kind of ghosts when these guards are kind of fucking her around. And they tell Sansa, and she's like, you don't need to... I know where she's at. And she goes down to the crypts, and she's in front of Ned's, you know, statue type, whatever. And Sansa comes down, and Arya's just kind of like, so am I supposed to call you Lady Stark now, or... And Sansa just goes, yes. <laughs> and they hug and it's whatever yeah. um but yeah it's this uh there's a moment where like Sansa's watching Arya spar with Brienne cause Arya alludes to like you know that she was headed to King's Landing to kill Cersei <laughs> type yeah. of thing and Sansa's like oh you type of thing she has no idea that Arya has become this thing she always said she wanted to be yeah. like the, you know, the sword wielding fighter knight type of thing like Arya is that now um so when she's watching them spar and realizing that, or when like she gets, they all go to see Bran. Um, are they at the tree? They might probably at the tree. They're always at the fucking tree. Um, the tree, the crypts, or in the courtyard. Yeah. That's it. Those are the three, only places. Three exist. places in Winterfell. Um, and you know, I really want credit for saying my Bran has gone completely Doctor Manhattan mode. I think that's the best <laughs> analogy for his that current is, yeah. his current character state. Um, he's he's basically like, oh right, uh, you know. Cersei's on your list type of thing. She hasn't mentioned the list, like, yeah. but it's like he's Bran's basically saying, Oh yeah, you kill you kill a bunch of people now. <laughs> like yeah. this is what you do. Yeah. And Sansa's like, Oh, so I'm the only normal one left in my family. <laughs> That's cool. Um but yeah, like that those character moments were awesome. The Danny John kind of coming to a moment of respect type thing. They yeah. end up finding these glyphs in the cave, the Dragonstone cave or the Dragon Glass cave. Which clearly it's the it's a like hieroglyphic history of like the long night, right? So it's like these are the children of the forest. These are the first men, and she and she finally believes him. She kind of believes him a little bit, and there's a moment where like so, Tyrion's plans. T- Tyrion is not a great military advisor. No, Tyrion knows people and yeah. can maybe know advise her best on how to like work people. Yeah, 
but as far as military, it has not gone that well. That is not a strength. Has not gone well. So they took Casterly Rock, great, yes. um, but there was nobody there at Casterly Rock, really, because they were all going and seizing Highgarden. Yeah. Um, where the Tyrells were. And did you watch that scene last week of Lady Tyrell getting those? Yeah, because you those told me to. Knowledge darts. I was Ooh. like, Caitlin, you got to watch this episode. I'm surprised. He, I thought he was going to clock her. <laughs> like, I thought he was just going to behead her right then and there. Yeah. Tell Cersei it was me. Yeah. I want her, her to, to know. know. Um, so, yeah. And then Euron's fleet comes to Casterly Rock. So the Unsullied are kind of pinned in there. They got nowhere to go. They either have to flee. They either take it and then flee or yeah. they hold it and die. Um, and the Euron took the Doran fleet too. Yep. So basically, Danny's got the three dragons, as we've come to see, is you know very useful, and a you know the entirety of the Dothraki Kalasar are all very useful. And as she's, her impulse is to just go smash King's Landing like immediately, but she kind of gets talked down by John. Yeah, and it's like because she turns to John, and this was an amazing moment too. Because she's like, "I don't that, want you. I don't want your clever plans." She's going to Tyrion. She's like, "Your clever plans have gotten me nowhere. Like, I need to do something different. I'm liable to just you know take these dragons and go smash the Red Keep and yeah. you know be done with it." And she turns to John. She's like, "What? What do you think I should do?" I didn't know what that part. Yeah. Ooh. And John's basically like, "These people are following you because they believe you're something different. If you go and you do this, you're just more of the same." type of thing he's like it's john being john he's like it's not my place to tell you what you should do but this is how it looks type of thing because john is low-key kind of checked out on all, all this he's like, yes. he's like he's like this is not like, the concern the zombies are coming I'm, my, <laughs> I'm getting my ass back down in that cave and mining dragon glass like this is this is my life yeah. you do what you need to do so to split the difference basically you have jamie and braun and some lannister forces and like sam's family the tarleys yeah with the gold and the wheat and everything they took from um, High Garden, High Garden, and Danny's decision is to like, well, we're gonna leave King's Landing alone, but you ain't keeping any of that shit. And all the Dothraki and her on Drogon torch everything. Just this one scene of Drogon just flying by. She is like a speck on his back at this point. Yeah. Like that's how big he is. Drogon flying by just like, you know, Drakaris. <laughs> all <laughs> dudes are turning to ash. The look on Jamie's face, like nobody has seen a dragon before. Like yeah. the we are in like it is a plot locomotive at this point. Like right. I heard another podcast say basically like we have accepted that teleportation just exists in Westeros now because we don't have time to spend five episodes on somebody traveling somewhere. Yes. Like it's like <laughs> they decided five minutes ago that this is what they were gonna do, so they got where they needed to go. Like yeah. that's just cool. All right. Braun, so how it you read how it ends, obviously. Yes. So how it ends. That Kyburn has this like Kyburn has this giant like crossbow <laughs> yeah. that he made that he figured out could probably take out a dragon. Apparently only if it hits him in the eye. Like that's like the best vulnerable part. Drogon yeah. did take a shot from this thing in the neck. Um but he seemed more irritated than really uh, hurt. Yeah. Um he did hit the ground at one point and this was just a like <gasps> moment. <laughs> So Danny's like down. She's trying to like pull it out of his neck and Jamie's there and he's looking and he's slowly like grabbing a spear. Tyrion is watching from up on a hill. <laughs> he's just going flee. You idiot flee like to Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie grabs the spear, starts riding straight for Daenerys. Drogon whips his head around, sees Jamie, opens his mouth. It's like, oh, fuck. Is he going? <laughs> is this it? 
Jamie's been high on the death pool this season. I don't know if you were, you're aware of that. I did not. I all didn't the, even know there was all, a death pool. All the Lannisters are like high on the death pool. You mean L- the two? Littlefinger, oh, right. Littlefinger, Cersei, and Jamie. I think are all high on the death pool uh, this season. Um, and I think Littlefinger's going to lose this Game of Thrones. I think. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and then at the last second, like Drogon's about to just straight up torch him, and I could be Bronn. Could have been Braun, could have been um, young Tarly. I heard it was Braun. Okay. Braun, like, tackles him off his horse into the fucking, like, water. Yeah. He's got a solid gold hand and, like, you know, 15 pounds of armor. And the last thing you see is just Jamie sinking into the depths. And that's where black and credits. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, this was a fucking all-timer. And? And? Boob count for the season? Yep. One pair. Oh. Mizzen days, still? Yep. Rape count? Zero. Excellent. We don't have we don't have time. You just need to skip a couple seasons, Kate. Like we Apparently. Have, don't have time to rape anymore. That's good. I Winter guess. is here. It's true. Winter is here. And uh, like I said, it's too cold. So and we'll God, we still have so much news to get through. We'll do we'll do this as quick as we can. Okay. Um, speaking of rape, hi. <laughs> well, not you. No, I know. I just if you want all the rape on demand you can possibly handle, Netflix has got you covered. They bought Mark Miller's comic imprint. They did. Uh, Miller World. Yes. Um, and why don't you explain to people why you do not uh, appreciate Mark Miller? Mark Miller is a carnival barker who panders to the lowest common denominator of comic fanboy to build his empire. And it has worked. Yep. He's the man behind Wanted, Kick-Ass, mm-hmm. Old Man Logan, yep. um, Kingsman, yep. which I heard was good, but still ended with a sodomy joke yes. at the end of it. Cause, as did Wanted. Who loves a good sodomy joke? Mark really? Miller. Did not know that. Yeah, the last page of Wanted was uh, the main character, the James McAvoy character, who in the comic book looked like Eminem <laughs> by design, because Mark Miller wanted to start a false rumor that Eminem had expressed interest in buying that comic, which juiced up the price when somebody did finally buy it. Oh. Carnival Barker. Right. The shit works. Can't knock the hustle. I just don't have to support it. Uh, fun fact, he is Catholic and does not swear. Really? Yeah. In his own life? Yeah. Kind of defeats the point when you write comics like the ones he writes, doesn't it? That's what I think. Mm. Yeah, that's why I said it's a fun fact. Still going to have to do some tithing, my dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, I've heard he has a book out fairly recently that is basically his response to criticisms from people like me, where mm-hmm. he just wrote a straight like superhero book. That's very sweet and golden age reminiscent. And, you know, basically it's like, I don't have to do all this stuff. You know, I, I can still rap. I still know how to rap. Um. <laughs> I have not read it. I probably will not. There is a, There's we, a bird. We have, like, we have a friend today. He's right it's like, here. It's our homie from the library from episode one being like, <laughs> I found you. Finally. Um, so Netflix bought this for an undisclosed. Was it an undisclosed amount? Do you have a. I don't have a, 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 an amount. So, yeah. Netflix can't wait to start making originals based on Miller World content. Uh, soft pass from me. This is maybe also the reason why leading into another story from the last couple of weeks. Netflix is apparently. 20 billion dollars in debt jesus sorry the bird's really freaking me out it's like right here um i can't see it though it's an invisible bird um yes netflix is apparently in debt i don't know i think all the studios are always in debt i mean people are generally viewing this story as like a spend money to make money type thing yeah. like netflix netflix's investors are all fine with this i think it's similar to that thing you hear about amazon all the time which i have never read a detail analysis of but you know the thing about amazon is people always say it's like amazon hasn't like ever made a profit yeah it's just ran in the red every year but it's a behemoth so people are fine 
it'll make money eventually. Yeah. Um, I think that's how people are looking at Netflix. Their subscriber, you know, they're notoriously don't release a lot of numbers, but apparently yes. we do have information that their subscriber base was up 25% from last year to this year. Yep. Currently got about just over a hundred million, uh, subscribers on the Netflix. Um, some observers are still cautioning that this is a bubble that could burst when they reach maximum subscriber level and they're still pumping out the same money for Adam Sandler movies, which I don't know, who knows how many people are watching in middle America might be like, woo, give me all that. Yeah. Maybe. Adam Sandler, but they're still doing their thing. They're making, I don't remember the details, but there was a story I saw in my circles about, um, they're deepening their commitment to like anime production. Like That's cool. Buying those types of properties, uh, to the, delight and maybe you babies will finally stop crying uh <laughs> one of the shows they're buying will be a simulcast where it'll go week oh. to week it'll hit netflix week to week instead That's of the cool. like you know couple months after it uh finishes airing in japan so stop complaining um they i did read an article recently if you search it i'm sure it'll come up with someone from netflix saying that they've done a lot better than they had projected mm. and like the money that they've like some of the things that have not done well or that they've canceled they were like yeah we knew that would happen there's always going to be stuff that you cancel yeah we actually have a higher uncanceled rate than most other places yeah um so i don't know if them that's just somebody going oh yeah we're totally fine everything is fine all those, all those lily hammer heads out there still trying to get it brought back yeah and uh, and get down people, I guess. <laughs> All the Lilyhammer get down stands are out there trying <laughs> yeah. to make it happen. And I mean, they own the Emmys this year, right? Yeah. Like they, the the fucking crown got like the crown, <laughs> the crown, <laughs> which came and went. It was like it was crown. Like the crown was fine, but it wasn't like you know a huge legacy building type property like you know Orange Is the New Black or House of Cards or the Marvel stuff type of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's like companies and studios are fine spending money, you know. Emmy nominations and Emmy wins or Golden Globe wins like still have a certain power cultural cachet for them you know, yeah. or power you know that things like that are the moment where people who are not subscribed to Netflix go oh, oh. I might want to watch that yeah and that's how they up their subscriber base uh, more business talk y'all love that don't you oh yes it's a fun story that will have a lot of notes about it um, from the anime side of things so we know the two big major forces and especially Western anime streaming and distribution are Crunchyroll and Funimation. The story came out within the last two weeks that uh, Sony Pictures Television bought a 95% stake in Funimation. Only so, five, five, someone's got <laughs> that 5%. That's, that's left for your boy, Gen Fukunaga, I believe his name yeah. is. That's the, the founder. Um, he's probably holding on to that five and everything else is owned by Sony and fandom was... Rending their garments and just in a tizzy <laughs> about this because the concern initially, I believe, was that Sony owns something called Aniplex. Okay. Aniplex is a Japanese anime consortium, which is notorious for having just very steep physical release prices. We're talking like four episodes for 60 bucks Holy type of thing. Holy jeez. And they're pretty, you know, the boxes are pretty to look at, whatever, but that's cheap. That's not cheap. That is expensive. The opposite of what I said. <laughs> um, the concern was like, oh my god, Funimation's releases. Funimation's releases are pretty cheap. Yeah, all things you get like season box sets for like you know thirty bucks. Yeah. Um, 
that Funimation's physical releases were then going to switch to the Aniplex st- side of things. All the information I am bringing to you from this is courtesy of the Anime News Network's Answer Man column, which is written by a guy named Justin Savikis. So, you know, shouts to him. This is where all this information and analysis has come from. Aniplex is owned by Sony Music, a different part of Sony. Yeah. So those those streams will likely not cross, so there's little to be concerned about there. Um, what did Savikas think some of the concerns were? So the, the appeal to Sony in the first place for buying this is... So Sony owns Crackle, which yep. is the terrible third-rate clear, clearinghouse streaming service. Terrible. So A, don't be surprised if a lot of them Funimation shows start showing up on Crackle yep. to boost that, because I'm sure Sony would love Crackle to be something not a joke. <laughs> not a place to watch those weird Colin Farrell movies you find on VHS and <laughs> the Honest Ed's discount bin and old Godzilla movies. Um, Funimation is still the biggest player in North American anime distribution um, and has very strong physical copy sales, right. which in 2017 is a rarity. Very much so, so that is the appeal for Sony. The appeal to Funimation is their own streaming service is kind of lagging behind the other providers, Crunchyroll specifically. And as well, these companies like Crunchyroll, Netflix, Amazon, the next battle will be not just licensing stuff getting made in Japan, but getting a seat at the table and deciding what gets made. Yes. This can be an uphill battle with Japanese anime production company committees. Um, but if you're aligned with Sony, yep. probably a little easier. Probably. So that's the appeal for Funimation uh, in the short... Who knows how this is going to work out? The only thing we can probably guarantee is that that partnership with Crunchyroll we talked about a while back, where yep. they were like swapping shows and one would handle subtitling and the other one would handle like simuldubs. Yep. That's probably done. Yep. And sooner than later, so... I'm sorry, all you anime fans. Get the most out of that that you possibly can. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting development for an anime provider to be considered, you know, a jewel worthy of majority stake purchasing. So that means somebody, somebody is paying attention. Yeah. I'm sure somebody knows the bottom line. I'm like, wait, they're actually selling physical copies of stuff. Yeah. Uh, the appeal for me is that also in this Sony pictures, classics has a history of working theatrical releases for anime, like the Cowboy Bebop movie came out, yes. Sony Pictures Classics, Millennium, or Satoshi Kon's works, Tokyo Godfather's Millennium Actress, all those, those all came up through Sony Pictures Classics. I believe those are probably out of print we, if we see those get new life breathed into them. That would be that cool. That would be nice as well, especially since the physical release, just movies in general don't seem to get the shine. Like, it's all shows. Yes. Now. It's never, it's, movies are so rare. Yes, though, uh, the name one. Your name. Yeah, that one. That, that <laughs> well, was... yeah, that'll get a release, obviously, but um, another one, like, other works by that director, um, I think physical releases are hard to come by, and even streaming, I think, is hard to track down. Well, hopefully, who knows, there might be a culture change a bit. There might be. A little shift. Well, that was a solid hour of chit-chat and news. Yeah. Well, we didn't, we didn't even get into the sexist stuff. Oh, my God. There's the, the Marvel milkshake. Uh, I need a better name for this, but the Google catastrophe. What happened there? Oh, my God. I don't even know that. All right. Well, let's do this quick. Let's get let's get cause let's get our fuckery. Uh, out, out. Let's get our fuckery. Just so out. we can start cleaning the second set. Yeah. Okay. So uh, make my milkshake 
was something that dropped that Caitlin did know about, but figured we'd already talked about it. No, we hadn't. I'd forgotten that we. it's only happened a little while ago. Uh, yep, but it's a miss a day, miss a lot. So if you're unfamiliar with this, I'm sure many people who are of our philosophical leanings yes. are, are already aware of this, but for those who don't know. So a editor at Marvel who works on the Star Wars line named Heather Antos, yep. after a long week at work, went out with a few of her colleagues, all ladies, Got some frosty chocolate milkshakes. Yeah. I don't know if they were chocolate, but they were frosty milkshakes. Which I can't have because I'm allergic to dairy. So, that's why we have not, you know, had our sol- own solidarity photo <laughs> with this hashtag. Because Caitlin would just look sad that she can't have it. Um, posted a photo. Nothing like a milkshake after a long day at work. Yep. You know who can't do anything if you work in comics? Is it ladies? It is. Is it ladies getting milkshakes that's a problem? Is it ladies doing anything? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Can ladies Apparently. do anything without being immediately rated by their rapeability? Nope. Etc. Nope. Being told awful things? Nope. You suck? Nope. You're awful? Nope. You're a cunt? You should not have your job? You should... Etc. Etc. Nope. Nope. And nope. Look at all this social justice hiring. This is bullshit. Nope. So that all happened. So much nope. So much nope. All the nope just flooded onto this woman for no reason, because that's how the internet works. Because she's a woman. Fuck her for, you know... Being a woman. Being a woman and enjoying herself at the end of a long work week. Yeah. Getting a goddamn milkshake. That makes sense. It makes total sense. It does make total sense. You want to also know something that makes sense? Mm. In this day and age, in a company like Google? (laughs) Well, let's end on the positive note on the first story. Oh, okay. We can do that. Somewhat. So, as a result of this, Antos then, you know, basically was like, hey, my DMs are are a dumpster fire now. So, thanks, comic fans. By the way, you're awful. Yeah. So, we all remember the old Make Mine Marvel slogan from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, Make Mine Milkshake was a hashtag that then developed (laughs) with everyone from creators and fans to, like, the entire lady editorial staff at DC and Archie Comics all went out getting milkshakes posting photos and, uh, posting photos because you know what fuck them fuck them all fuck them all go be happy go be happy and have your milkshake and charles sule writer charles sule who wrote the she hulk book we talked about a while back yes had mentioned on his twitter that uh just kind of wanted to point out to these idiots because they're probably all comic fans and probably a part of their you know beef is petty jealousy because they're like Fuck you, lady. I should have your job. And guess what? If you're harassing people online, go ahead and apply for Marvel. They're going to look at your social media, as many cogs and multinational conglomerates now do. And they will laugh at you. You have just ensured you ain't never getting a job there. Good for you. Yeah. Um, and that said... The response to that, if you want to get intersectional for a moment, do you want to get intersectional? I always want to get intersectional. Uh, From comics writer and publisher Spike Trotman, who is a black woman, commented on her Twitter that, uh, I believe, if you want to put it briefly, uh, FOH to Charles Soleil's comment, as they say. Yep. (laughs) Because on the list of reasons why Marvel would never hire her, social media content is probably third or fourth on the list. Yep. Well behind being black and being a lady. Not... Saying that, you know, in no way was Trotman saying that, you know, what happened to Antos is a thing that should happen to anyone. No. But just, you know, pro tip regarding the, like, Marvel's hiring practices. Yeah. There are other things that maybe should be talked about there as well. Anyway, 
That was my bit of fuckery. Caitlin, what is this Google fuckery you've got that I haven't heard of? Um, so there is a Google engineer mm-hmm. who um, sent out internally a a manifesto. Oh, God. That's never good. Yeah, it's never good. Um, Just manifestos in general are never good. <laughs> manifesto about the differences between men and women, both uh-huh. psychological and physio- physiologically. Boys have peepees. And that girls have hoo-hahs it's we shouldn't say that women not being hired as engineers is anything to do with sexism Uh it's just the fact that women don't make very good engineers they just ain't they just ain't as smart yeah yeah well not even just they ain't as smart he wasn't even saying that he's just saying you know women are just more more sociable and they're they're better in tune with people's feelings and don't have the certain capacities that an engineer needs and um, that did not go over well. It's um, always that thing where the oh, it's that it's that emphasis on just you know, it's people who were data on Star Trek was their favorite character. Like you know, just the yeah. emphasis on cold logic, rationality, facts type of thing. Like though he had uh, emotional feelings for someone, and it came up in an episode. So oh, data were, did yeah. So those th- those people are stupid. Oh, remind me to show you off, Mike. Somebody cosplayed as Troy as the cake and Data with the phone in his chest <gasps> from that Psychobilly Freakout episode of Star Trek. That's amazing. It's amazing. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Um, anyways, um, yeah. So the story you can find on uh, Gizmodo, they did a good summary of sort of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, all these people are like, no, you're stupid. <laughs> Including one person who was a higher up engineer in at, at Google for a while, but has left and has his own business and was like i'm gonna tell you why basically you're stupid is because all of the things that you said make a good engineer are 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 things for maybe a like lower end engineer Mm, like entry level entry level possibly he's like when you get past that all the things that you said are not good for an engineer you have to work with other people you idiot (laughs) the whole thing is about communication and working with other people besides that all of it's just bullshit and he's like if you were in my company we'd be having a conversation right now with hr Hmm. some other people and like uh your boss and we tell you we'll mail you you your things like would see you out yeah which i hope that kind of happens because that's bullshit and no wonder women don't want to get into working um in engineering because people are awful well it's funny i had a you know on things that are good and this is just i'm I'm flying by the seat of my pants on this one yeah um i hate that thing when like someone you liked because they called out fuckery yeah then turns out to perpetuate fuckery allegedly i always hate and it's like a it's a a bit of a letdown Yeah. yeah um so a while back, this guy who used to work for IGN and then went on to... A bunch of people from IGN then went on to start this thing called Kind of Funny. And they make gobs of money on Patreon. Right. To just make dumb Let's Plays and videos and, hey, whatever. Know, <laughs> know your lane and live the dream, fellas. Yeah. But this one guy, Colin Moriarty, decided he, he was always kind of like the off one in there. Yeah. Um, and he has since, you know, left. Well, let's be honest due to this as well because he took a lot of heat when on the uh on international women's day when the the day without women thing was happening yeah um he posted a tweet i believe hope i get this right i really don't care um (coughs) was like it was basically finally some peace and quiet oh i remember this hashtag day without women yeah he took a lot of heat for that and some people were like it was just a joke 
But you just had to, didn't you? Yep. Just couldn't shut your fucking mouth. For one day. For one fucking day. Had to be that dude. Had to be that dude. Yep. Um, and one of the people who spoke out against him, because, you know, Colin Moriarty has a bit of a cult of personality behind him. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had to, like, Sherlock Holmes it together because people I n- saw calling this out were, like, not using his name right. or not adding him because they knew the fanboys, the, the followers, the lemmings were going to just come come for them and they were trying to avoid that. Yep. But one guy who did speak out, like, on record and at him was like... Would you stop being a fuckface? Was a guy named Nick Robinson, who's a writer for Polygon. Right. And I always kind of respected it. I was like, shows to that dude. Yeah. Go on Twitter the other day. Nick Robinson's had a bunch of uh, undisclosed allegations leveled him. Great. That sucks for the people <laughs> that he may have done things to. Great. And then this led to a, a lot of Twitter talk about uh, soft boy culture, which is not a word. Every day I'm learning like new terms. New things. Soft boy culture. I just found out what a demisexual was the other day. Oh, I'm going to have to ask you all about this later. What a gray demisexual was. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Y'all just, y'all are making some of this shit up. I'm old enough to make, (laughs) I'm old enough to make that claim now. Y'all are just making some of this shit up. But uh, Polygon, with little hesitation, yoink. Oh. You ain't doing shit until, (laughs) until we figure this out. Didn't like huddle around him. Didn't do didn't try to protect him from these allegations or anything just like well that's some nasty shit yeah yoink you go and go on time out time out is good for some people yep um the soft bite culture is apparently um when you know dudes who purport to be allies are just you know they're as much a fuck boy as anyone anyone else you know like they read a nice nin and jermaine greer but then grab your tits when you're drunk like type of thing like that's hmm. that's the soft boy version of it, as opposed to just a frat boy who's like you know sends you a dick pic out of nowhere. Yeah, like which which is less sinister? The dude who just is what he is, or the dude who yeah. fronts to be one thing and then turns out to be the other thing. There is a world that I picture in the future, <laughs> where none of these words exist. You got to believe it's coming because they we don't will be, exist. We will be long dead. No, but it's coming. I'm living to 140. That's funny. Like I just I got that. It's going to be so long, but it's a good episode anyway. <laughs> they don't care. They like it long. <laughs> it's, it's, real, it's real long, but I think we've kind of been on fire this up. Um, you know, I had a friend hit me up. She had gone to see a movie and she was on her way home and totally got that thing where like a dude just, you know, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Ugh. She's like, yeah, I know. Because by the way, pro tip, ladies, just agree with the dude's compliments. Oh, no, it, no, don't do that. <laughs> it does piss them off sometimes, but... Yeah, it really pisses them off. Fuck you, bitch. Conceited bitch. You know, following her, you're so beautiful, I have a six-pack at home, you know, you should, you should come back, we can split it. Ugh. And she's like, yeah, no, I know, I don't drink. And then he's like, he said something to the effect of, you know, you're really making this hard for me. Sorry that, you know, <laughs> her pussy's not fucking all access for you, dipsh. And just like the level of r- useless rage I had after hearing this story, it's like... I shouldn't be surprised that mm-hmm. this happens. Probably happens to everyone I care about in life. Probably happens the, to you, probably. I took the recycling out the other day, and some guy was like, hey, what's up? And I didn't answer him because he's a strange man yeah. at night. And he was like, fine then, fuck you. And I was like, what? I'm just going to try to take out the recycling. I mean, as a antisocial type, I've had similar things like that myself, where like, I remember being at Tim Hortons and some weirdo was like, was like trying to chat me up. 
And I was like, took my pulled a headphone out. First of all, if the headphones are on, why are you even trying? They're oh, in there for a reason. All the time, happens to me all um, the time. I pulled the earbud out, and I'm like, what? He's like, oh, what? You, you don't want to make friends? I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm 38 years old. I got enough <laughs> friends. I'm not trying to make friends. I'm trying to buy fucking coffee. But like, that's dude v dude. Yeah. Like, it's a totally different thing. When Dynamic. It's lady v dude. Yeah. Like I said, I shouldn't be surprised. It happens. I'm sure it happens to everyone I care about. But just to have it like laid out like that, like she had like nine and one pressed on her phone. Yeah. Because she didn't know how this was gonna go. Like she was close to home. Was this guy gonna follow her all the way back that's to her the, fucking house? The like, Louis C.K. thing. Like men are. What is it like? bear lions or bear sharks or whatever it is and we just consistently are like oh he might be a bear shark but it's fine like most guys will just murder you like <laughs> that's the constant fear yeah. is just getting murdered for just not saying hi to someone yeah um so and yeah. like it just like the useless rage all you can do is just like and be confident that the people in your life that you care that you care about can take care of themselves and should you ever be with them when this type of thing happens not throw somebody down the stairs which is my inclination but (laughs) you know inform them firmly as a man to another man this is not okay and that's kind of how i feel about these stories i just get like blind rage but it doesn't can't go anywhere there's nothing you can do about it there's no useful thing so I'm just hoping that some sentient being comes down and connects, like, dude bro's brains and, like, shows them their impact and their brains melt and they become better people. Until that day, you've always got the geek down. And we'll be right back. <laughs> We're going to talk about happier things when we come back from this break. August Watch Ramo continues on. Pew, 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 pew. Guess what it's time for? Series is ending on its fifth season. <laughs> Probably a good time for us to get to it. Orphan Black. Super excited. When we get back after this break. And welcome back to the show. This is usually the part of the show where Jordan and I bring each other things to watch and to rate. But it's August Watcherama. Yeah, it is. So we're not doing that. We're instead, we're picking one thing that, in this case, everyone has seen but us. <laughs> um, or is new, um, but basically neither of us have seen. And we watch it and we talk about it. Yep. We do still have some rules. The rules the first, still apply. The first one being the rule of three. If it runs on installments of any sort, episodes, issues. Epicycles. Consume three of them. Um, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. Hashtag save it for the pod. Do not talk about the thing till you're sitting in front of these microphones. And since I was at the cottage, that wasn't so difficult. Yeah. No, I could have just been saying everything about Orphan Black and Kate wouldn't have even I, seen it. I wouldn't have even seen it. Um, the third rule is not really a rule. It's more of a policy. Hashtag there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. However, this is by... They're on their, what, their fifth season? Yeah. Coming like, to an end. And I don't know... I mean, listen. What they're at right now is... The show is probably completely different than the show we watched oh, in yeah. the first three episodes. Yeah. So... And I don't know that you can really spoil much in the first three episodes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can hang if you've yeah. never seen it. And if you have seen it, you probably watched it like, you know, four years ago when it aired. So, yeah. so but, be hey. that as it may, it is a little twisty turny. Definitely. So we will get into that. And if you don't want to know anything, well, well whatever. We'll see you later. Go get Bye. some gorilla cheese or a 
What the sushi? Go get a furrito. Furrito. If you can fucking find them where they're open. <laughs> Roll a pub. So angry. Betrayal. Um. So yeah. So how do we? I guess. Do you have some notes on what the show's about? Nope. Or? Okay. So you usually do that. Do I? Yep. Oh well. Here we go. Um. <laughs> So, Jordan has made me look up at least the Wikipedia page, so I wasn't just going off of memory. We can do that. At least. I don't listen. She, she's, fre- she's fresh and rested, but I still don't trust Caitlin McKinnon fresh off the dome, so. Uh, no. Uh, so, Over in Black is a Canadian science fiction thriller television series created and screenwritten by Graham Manson and director John Fawcett. I don't know who these people are. Nope. Um, it is starring Tatiana Maslany um, as... The main, initially the main character. That's everyone. That's the one thing you know about this show. Yes. It's the show with the chick who plays everyone. Everyone. Yes. So it, the series begins with the character Sarah Manning, pay, uh, played by Manslani, um, who is a con artist and like a grifter. And you find her on a platform that eerily looks like Toronto. She's on a train platform. She notices a woman who looks exactly like her. And then that woman commits suicide. Jumps off in front of a train. Yeah. And... Sarah being, you know, hard, hard done by and an, an industrious fraudster. Yeah. Grabs her purse. She's on the run from something. Disappearing could be nice. Yeah. So she finds her, her driver's license just confirms She looks exactly like this woman, which is kind of freaking her out. And, uh, and this woman named Beth or Elizabeth Childs and, uh, goes to her Thing, things go from there. Yeah, we'll get things, in. things go from there. She basically kind of decides that she's going to check this this woman out. And as things develop, come to find out, there are a bunch of people who look like her. Yeah, a whole bunch of them. And it's really fucking freaky. What is their connection? What are they to each other? Where did they all come from? Why are they being killed off? <gasps> Kate? Yeah. This is kind of fucking great, isn't it? It was. It's really <laughs> it's good. It's really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> like alarmingly so because yeah. you hear canadian and we've been over this before <laughs> yes we have Cana- i think last episode actually canadian is like mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> i don't know what film stock they're using i don't know how they made toronto not look like toronto you said you could like really tell it was oh, toronto. immediately i could not it uh. wasn't until they mentioned scarborough that i was like Oh, are they talking like oh. actual? Because and I I mentioned that I uh, I did see like the CN Tower in one of the like skyline shots. So they don't they don't talk about Toronto. Like she never says I'm back in Toronto. She says I'm yeah. back in town. Well, the Sarah character, the primary POV, is yes. English. We're speaking with an English yes. accent. And I, don't, they, I don't know anything about Tatiana Maslane. I don't know if she actually is English. I don't know how many accents she's doing. No, she she speaks with like a Canadian. Is she accent. Canadian? Yes, yeah, so, um, but I think she has German background. So I mean, uh, the fresh out the gate. People have been saying for years. Yeah. You know, this is a show has a very dedicated fan base. Yes. A small. I believe it's a, it's probably officially a cult show at this point. Mm-hmm. Like has a very passionate, but relatively small fan base. I think it airs on Space in Canada and like BBC America in the states. Like it doesn't yeah. have a like actual network in the states. Mm-hmm. So the audience is small and dedicated, and they have been like screaming from the rooftops for years. Give this woman all the Emmys. Yeah hard to argue against yeah she, she makes all the characters very distinct and yeah and without making like them all crazy they're not really broad yeah, yeah. like none of them are like super broad like she has to do a german character at one point it's yeah. not like no it's the germans like it's, <laughs> not, it's not broad like that i mean yeah so she's got the accent but like 
it's very subtle. One is a soccer mom and just yeah. kind of like the twitchy suburban soccer mom energy she brings to her. Or like and the, the, the detail, by the way, like of her having like the ribbons in the background and like cutting out <laughs> coupons and being like very much a suburban soccer mom is amazing. Also, sort of thing that like it's never announced, but it and I didn't care, but it did give me pause how like both her kids are of color. Yeah. But the husband's white. I was like, yeah. oh, so they're obviously adopted. That's yeah. it's not a thing that's... It's, yeah. it's more interesting when shows do that and don't make it a thing. Yeah. Like, and they, it's just, it it's just a present. Yeah. Um, they never mention it. So what I like about this show, what surprised me how much I liked about this show, is the way it trickles out its details yeah. and twists. Um, so like Kate said, it starts with Sarah deciding that, like, oh, disappearing into... Beth Childs's life could be just what I need for the moment to get away from my abusive drug dealing boyfriend. Yeah. She's got a sweet apartment and good nice clothes, clothes and, and booze in the cupboard. And yeah. like, this is great. Turns out Beth Childs is a cop. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> a cop on administrative leave for shooting a civilian. Fun. She's in the middle of her hearing. <laughs> Fun. And she's trying. She has to fake her way through this. Yeah. Because Beth Childs is sitting on a cool $75,000 in the bank that Sarah would like to have. Yes. And Sarah has her own, like, besides the abusive husband, she has a child that she's come back for. She came from foster care. Yes. She has a child staying with her original foster mother, mother Mrs. Yeah. S. Yep. Um, she has a brother, a foster Felix. brother, Felix, yeah. who's delightful. And, oh, Felix is one of the best parts. when he had to babysit for the, uh, for the <laughs> soccer mom in the third episode. And yep. <laughs> Made the kids cross-dress for funsies. And... Yep. <laughs> uh... It's like, Mom, we're cross-dressing. <laughs> She's like, oh my God. <laughs> Felix is like, well, I'm done. Bye. Yeah, just, I was alarmed at how good this was. Yeah. It doesn't look like a Canadian show. I didn't feel Toronto looked like Toronto. Episode three, Parkdale shout out. Yeah. Parkdale official shout out. I recognized areas of it. They, they filmed it actually in Parkdale. Um, friends, watchers, people who know me. Yeah. My area of Parkdale, not quite that rough. No, not quite. That one looked a little dicey. There are not Russian mobsters and murderesses. No, 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 no. So yeah, basically as Sarah's partner is like very oddly present in her life. <laughs> I thought he yeah. was I thought he was overreaching. I thought that character overreached a little bit, like I don't know. I uh, holding the money hostage and shit, like Well, it's to clear his name, right? That's a big part of it is like, yeah, he wants to see her, right, for he her but covered for her. Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super covered for her. So. So whatever happened. Yeah. The whole thing is like this as all, again, the trickling out of details. But I had to say, sorry, just about her partner. Yeah, go ahead. I watched a lot, a lot, a lot of Law and Order. That's how partners are. Jordan. <laughs> well, all right. Very present in each other's lives. Also, he looks just like hip hop producer Just Blades. So that's what I kept calling him in my head. <laughs> all, my, all my notes say Just Blades is very involved in her. Um. Yeah, the trickling of details, so she's on the hook for this civilian shooting, um, where, like, the woman pulled out a cell phone and she saw a gun, yeah. basically. and But that is not even... She didn't even pull out a cell phone. Oh, didn't she? No. I was, that, mu- that, I was multitasking, so there were some details there I might have that's missed. Is what that he what covered he covered? For it. He put the cell phone in her hand ah, okay. um, to cover it up, but he doesn't know why she shot her. So, yeah, so when the partner, because she's acting off yeah because it's a totally different person pretending to be here mm-hmm. oopsie beth childs also had a history of like 
psychosis and yes. psychological issues. A lot of meds mixing in her system. Yeah, she's kind of losing it. So, you know, the brain gaps that are being displayed because Sarah knows nothing about this woman's life and is faking it. Yeah. Is being taken by everyone around her as like, oh my God, she's having a psychotic break again. Yep. So when the partner finds all this, you know, wad of cash in her car, it's like, oh, she's going to bail and I'm going to be left hung out to dry. So yeah. she takes the, he takes, the, he holds the cash hostage, which is why she, uh, she has to keep faking as this, as this Beth Child's character. So that's like thread one. Of thread one of like 10. Thread two, as she's doing all this, oh no, she's watching her funeral. She has then, she has then now passed off Beth as herself. Yes. And to, to, the, to the world at large, Sarah is now dead. Yeah. Because she wants her drug dealing boy, abusive boyfriend yeah. to like leave her alone. She wants to, she wants to leave her life, right? She yeah. wants a new life. Um, so she fakes her own death. It's like, what's, what's better than what's the easiest way to fake your own death or like get away. It's faking your own death with a person who looks exactly like you and yeah. say it's, say it's you. So her brother Felix goes down and IDs Beth as Sarah. Yeah. Um, all of, you know, the abusive boyfriend has come to town. He goes and sees the body. Yep. Obviously it looks just like her. So everyone thinks Sarah's dead and she's like watching her own funeral. And as she is very upset because the ex-boyfriend reached out to like the foster mother and the kid holy shit, my daughter's going to think I'm dead now. My daughter yeah. can't think I'm dead. It's actually a very emotional moment. Suddenly from the bushes, a short-haired German woman who looks just like her. Yes. Pops out and starts talking kind of gibberish and they get in a car together. And yeah. it's like, we got to go here and talk to the scientist or something. And then blam, the German gets shot in the head. Yeah. And then and there's pr- German brain all over the back of her seat. And that was probably the moment where I was like, okay, so we are yeah. on board for something here. And the German had this case and this is what she has. Everybody's got these pink cell phones and she meets this is how she meets the soccer mom this is how she meets kazima is that Ka- her name kazima 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 um the dreadlocked phd student yep. version um which is basically the short answer to all this is they're clones yeah they're all clones of each other yeah and they're trying to figure out who who was first who's doing this who's killing them who cloned them like there's so many answers we need and in the short term the person killing them is a blonde russian is it Russian? Yeah, it I Russian believe or German? so. Oh, I think she's Russian. Um, I'm not sure, though. Do they remember. mention a Russian in all the birth certificates I don't, that they found? I don't remember. Um, but anyway, yes, they, they. she somehow fakes her way back onto the force yeah. as Beth Childs. She has to low-key keep living as Beth Childs because it's just really going to complicate matters if, if that she gets dis- out. Yeah, and she, she disappears. And she, as Beth Childs, she is investigating the murder of... The German woman. The German woman, whose body she disposed of. And... Poorly. Yes. And I like some of the bits where they, like, make fun of themselves. How they, like, talk about the other clones as, like, the si- the smart one. The, like, great, like, they just have these shorthands. <laughs> so then you broke the first rule of Clone Club. They keep calling yeah. it Clone Club, clone which club. I like. Um, was that not to tell anyone about Clone <laughs> it was Club? was like, don't tell anybody about Clone Club. The way... The way they keep sort of like tightening the vice on her, like yeah. that's these fuck ups that she keeps kind of making her situation worse. Yeah. Um, because like if the fingerprints on, you know, they found a fingerprint either on the body or on something or the body no, itself. No, they, like, they found the woman's hand. Yeah. Just, but just like a hand, the rest of the body's too mutilated. And suddenly if they run prints on that, if there's a criminal record involved, yeah. if any of them have a criminal record, it's going to pop up. And of course she does. Of course she does. So she's got to like keep that down on the low. Uh, so yeah, she's investigating this 
murder that she essentially accessorized yep. as someone she's not. And when they go to my home borough to check out a lead on a motorcycle, yes, they discover the person. They get shot at and attacked by this uh, freaky angel wing whipped. She's like that Paul Bettany character in <laughs> The Da Vinci Code. She's got all those like scars on her back like she's been whipping herself. Yeah. Um, so I feel this show is probably wherever it's at now. Like it is not the show oh, that yeah, we're no. watching. No. I'm sure it gets very big and involved whoever cloned them why they cloned them all that type stuff like the small kind of like murdery mystery type stuff we're working in now yeah the show is probably not that by like season two and a half yeah but i'm kind of on board for what it is right now yeah and they the way they do like the pacing is really good like there's always a Mm. thing right and what's really fun as someone who loves mysteries and solving things and had you know how do you solve this problem like just her ability to solve problems and to pick up on things and go with the flow and i think that's really awesome and it helps with the pacing like at one point um i think it's what is the first episode where she has she figures out like they want her to testify Mm. and so she (laughs) She drinks drinks the the soap soap, so she will vomit everywhere and they'll give her more time like that kind of stuff that's Mm. uh, amazing um learning how to shoot or like yeah she's never shot a gun before and they've got she needs to figure this out she needs to be able to shoot a gun well well who knows how to shoot a gun the The soccer mom the soccer mom (laughs) so they go the soccer mom who wants no part of all of this yeah um i don't really know how she got involved come to find out by the end of the third episode this is where like hey clone club um the soccer mom the seventy five thousand dollars in beth's account was basically the soccer mom's money yeah as they've been trying to figure out who they are and why this happened, there was this like fund that they soccer mom donated to so that Beth, the cop could like buy information yeah. that they couldn't bribe to get information. They couldn't get anywhere else. Um, so by the end of the third episode, it's pretty clear that Sarah's going to give that money back, back to the soccer mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just totally gobsmacked by how, good good this was like yeah. I, I loved watching it and it's not again like her playing all the different parts is not hokey in yeah, any it's way not, it's not a shtick it's not a gimmick like oh. you, you could say it's a gimmick that you know that's the thing you saw in all the bus ads was like her face on like five different people yeah but yeah it, you're totally right it doesn't feel shticky or like look at her act yeah look at her go and there are some things like even even if you look closely like physiologically like depending on where they, they talked about uh, briefly nature versus nurture in the third episode, mm-hmm. how the soccer mom's a little bit smaller than Kozima. Um, and they have like slight differences. Uh, Kozima obviously needs glasses, but yeah. why is that? Right. And that neither of them of the other two do. So yeah, all of that's very interesting. Yeah. So uh, sorry we were late, everyone. Yeah. It's really kind of alarmed by this one. You going to stick with it or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I almost just kind of finished the third episode this morning, and I was like, yeah, hey, I, got time. Yeah. I got time for a fourth to get in here. Um, yeah, and there's really nothing better than that, where it's like, holy shit, this thing's been around for like five I have all this fucking years. I have and, all these episodes. And I'm here on the ground floor, and I get yeah. to go straight into this. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's dope. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a solid eight for me. Yeah, I would, I agree. Again, I I hope I can hang with it when it starts to go high concept because it no doubt will. I 
I think I inadvertently I so. opened an episode that was like fifth season, and I heard something about like you're seriously considering going to like weird scientist island type of thing, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hope I'm still with it when we get there. Yeah, but. and I just want more Felix. Really, I just. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, watch if like Felix ends up dying in the third season or something. I... Everybody listening to this is like, oh, she's gonna be so unhappy. <laughs> um, uh... And yeah, it should be said for someone I've never heard of. She's carrying this entire show on her back yeah. and shouts to wherever the hell you came from, Maslani. Tatiana, Ms. Maslani. You're doing something special with this. And this is why we do August uh, Watcherama. <laughs> so that we can... We our whole lives without seeing this thing. <laughs> yeah. So We're that just we sitting there the whole time. Catch up and discover things that everyone has already discovered. Well, so that is out there. Yeah. I believe it's on... Uh, what's the... Is Crave still a thing? I, I have no idea. I don't know. I honestly don't know where you, where you can watch this. I mean, it's on Space in Canada. I'm sure if you look so, I mean, something if you up... Have, if you have cable you can probably find some on-demand version of that it may be on crave no crave is still around show me is that the new got one? canned show me was the one that failed i'm all like shoulders right now uh, <laughs> i don't know any of this i don't know um so yeah that's that it is out there for you to find and uh yeah you should find it yeah so August Watch Rama will continue. I believe we have the full schedule. We do. So anyone decided. wants to watch along. So we update it on the socials as we go along as well. We had some gaps originally. The gaps have since been filled. Caitlin. Yeah. What are we doing with the rest of August Watch Rama? On the 15th, you can expect Made in Abyss. Made in Abyss is a anime from the summer season. It is the one I've seen kind of tossed around as mm-hmm. like the pick of the season. Um, I know nothing about it. I have a friend who doesn't really follow anime at all. Hit me up this morning being like, are you watching this? It looks good. I'm like, I don't know. We Is wa- it good? We Let's watched the out. trailer. It looked interesting. Trailer looked good. Yeah. yeah. People in a village on the end of a giant hole called the abyss. It's a system of caves and I'll take giant holes. A little girl finds a, finds a boy robot. Sounds good to me. Adventure ensues. Um, Didn't see one jiggling tit, so I'm on. No. That'll get you in the door with us. Absolutely. Um, the 22nd is, as we mentioned, The Defenders. Caitlin. Yes. Are we going to watch Iron Fist before this? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Have any of you watched Iron Fist? <laughs> Has anyone out there watched? Hello. Has anyone watched Iron, Iron Fist? Iron Fist. Has anyone? <laughs> like, you, you started. We all started. I couldn't get through the first episode. You didn't get through the first? I think I got through like no. two episodes. I got to finish watching when, Daredevil. When, whenever he iron fisted, that's what, <laughs> that's what, that's what I got up to. Um, they're going to put some fucking recap in at the beginning. It's fine. All right. I don't think we need to watch Iron Fist. Okay. If, if, it, cuts if, into, if it cuts into my orphan black time. Yeah, it's, true. Like, you know, there's only so, I, don't, I have only so many waking hours in the day before I have to sleep and work all night. So yeah. it's, if it's orphan black or iron fist, that is not yeah. even a, <laughs> a competition. No. Um, and finally, the last thing will be, uh, please like me. Kira. From Australia. Number one geek down fan. Down under. If any of you take issue with that, come for a spot, claim it. You got your work cut out for you. Yeah, seriously. Kira writes lengthy emails that we enjoy and immensely. We love them. Yeah. <laughs> and in one of those lengthy emails, Kira mentioned an Australian show called Please Like Me. Yep. So that's what we're going to check out in the yep. last week of August. Watch Orama. All right. That's that the is, full schedule. Kira tells us that is on readily available on Netflix. I hope so. So listen, if y'all want to join us for August Watch Orama, there Please you go. Please do so. Do so. Um, and at the beginning, the top, we, we 
kind of went into the Patreon, but we didn't finish. We did not finish. <laughs> we got distracted. We're very distracted because we're just so excited to see each other. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash GeekdownPod. You can find uh, show notes, which are generally things we did not know the answer to while we were recording. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan goes back and listens to the episode after he uploads it and takes notes as he listens and goes, I need to find a link for that. Yep. Um, you can find notes for that type of stuff. You can find our bonus episodes. You can get the Geekdown playlist for the week, which are 10 maybe 10 plus songs that we are enjoying at any given time you've been waiting for it friends this week caitlin's return is it is it your oh it is it is uh it is a very complicated subject it is hair metal caitlin's hair metal playlist everyone got real excited when she mentioned that a while and this is the problem with hair metal is because the hair metal is on like the cusp of things and there are things that but that are that are like the origins of hair metal and i i didn't go there i was gonna say are you pulling a me did you like deep dive the history of hair metal well no i did but because i really i really wanted to put a song on it but i'm gonna have to save it for a different hard rock (laughs) because it doesn't actually apply to hair metal um so i really kept a hair metal so so there are some songs in there that you know what just is is they're they're not good it's halloween on there (laughs) No. Cinderella on there? Cind- I think believe Cinderella, yes, is definitely on there. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, Europe, absolutely. Ugh. Hey, you're you're listening to Asia, I'm listening to Europe. <laughs> Friends, this came up when uh Caitlin, you know, Caitlin and senior correspondent recently got a got a newer vehicle. Yeah. And as is traditional with newer vehicles, you got that, you know, three month serious mm-hmm. subscription. And she found the hair metal station. <laughs> And, and it's I'm, just been kind of uh, ruling her life. Listen, can't front on it. Friends, you're going to soon, don't worry, you're going to be getting the uh, Ultimate City Pop Mixcloud link for all the songs that I would love to put on a Geekdown playlist but do not exist on Spotify. I'm going to have that for you real soon. It's about three hours deep right now. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Mine is much shorter, but um, there are some terrible songs in there, I know. Look for that this week. It's probably up as you're listening to this. Yep. Uh, you can find that there. And as well, save the best for last. we got to shout out our man. Stupid Matt. Stupid Matt McGrath. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 Guess someone got hired out of his placement because he's, <laughs> mo- he's got more money. He upped his... Stupid Matt has upped his contribution to this endeavor from one to five dollars stupid matt thank you thank you so much we really appreciate it it's not enough money to get the stupid prefix removed from you your told name me he didn't want us to he does love it and he lord knows he probably goes through his life most of his life right now not being told he's stupid or that he's <laughs> ugly or that his girlfriend doesn't love him <laughs> or that his life or that his life is terrible and so like he probably he probably misses it matt i feel your pain <laughs> <laughs> So I believe I'm sure we're forgetting something, but uh, well, we we didn't talk about the other socials, but it's fine. We did them at the we top. Did the top, it's fine. Uh, friends, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining me, Kate. I'm glad to be back. Good to see you. Thank you so much for listening, as you do every week, friends. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Kate McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we will be back next week to watch some Made in Abyss as August Watcharama continues on the Geek Down Podcast. See you next week. Mike's on, fuck it, Mike's off. Mike's on, fuck it, Mike's Mike's on, fuck it, Mike's off. Just, will you let me enjoy life, please? I'm, I'm just stunned. I turn away for one minute and all of a sudden I get this. <laughs> Don't tell us, future. <laughs>